Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about leading off-sites. Jimmy was a division president I had coached. Over the years, he'd brought me in to facilitate off-site events with his team. Together, he and I had created many agendas and provided his group with a lot of different experiences. Now he felt it was time for Shanique, one of his direct reports, to conduct her first off-site. He was wondering how to support her. He asked, How should I help her think about leading an off-site? I said, Hmm, now let's break it up into before, during, and after. In the before portion, I always start with the most elementary core question, why are you having an offsite in the first place? Well, that's a good question, he said. In fact, Jimmy, I'd ask you that question. Why do you want her to have an offsite in the first place? I don't know, he said. Just feels like it's time. She's managing a team of 12. I think she should get them all together and do something. You know what it sounds like to me, I asked. It sounds like you think an offsite is a good tool for a leader to have, and you think she should start learning the tool. He nodded and gave a little shrug. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that's nice, I said. Really, Jimmy, you're giving her a gift. And your reason for wanting her to have an offsite is great. Now, she has to figure out why she wants to have one. The leader has to figure out why is the offsite happening. The question I find helpful is this. By the end of the day or two days or whatever, what do you want the team to know that they don't know now or be able to do that they can't do now? He said, figure out the offsite's return on investment. Right, I said. What do you want to get out of it? Here's another way you could help her find her goals. Ask her to diagnose the team's pain. He gave a big smile and said, so the offsite can fix where it hurts. I said, fix? Probably not, but make better? Absolutely. So ask her, what pain does she want the offsite to relieve? He asked, what are some good answers to that question? Oh, typical things are like improved communication, higher trust, re-examine the team's mission, implement a process, build team members' strength with each other. He nodded. I remember doing a lot of clarification work, too. Clarifying goals, clarifying roles. I agreed. Those are good goals, too. He said, she could have more than one goal, right? I think you and I have had days with more than one goal. Sure, I said. Work on building trust in the morning, work to clarify roles in the afternoon, that sort of thing. Absolutely. He asked, are there bad goals I should be listening for? Well, I can think of one, I said. Don't make the team learn something that's really intended for just one person. I can't tell you how many times a leader has asked me to teach something like uh, communication skills, but the real goal is to fix this one problem person. It never works. With a little grimace, he said, I think I actually tried to do that years ago with this woman named Francoise, and you are right, it did not work. Then he shook it off and said, So after I help Shanique find her goals, are we at the during phase? I laughed, No, nope, not yet. Once she nails down her goals, she gets to create the agenda. Oh, how could I forget, he said. I always love doing that. But wait a second. 
She won't be able to have an agenda anything like what you do with us. How so? I asked. Look, he said, I refuse to take people off site and then have them sit and watch PowerPoint. I want them doing things. You always had these cool exercises that got us up doing things. It's such a good way for people to learn, but I can't do that stuff. I'm sure Shanique can't. I'd like her to have an agenda with those kind of exercises, but there's no budget for a facilitator. Well, there are resources for her, Jimmy. She can access a lot of the same exercises I use with teams. Really? Will Shanique understand them? Are they written for civilians like us? Well, I think so, I said. Take a look. You tell me. Waking up his computer, he asked, Are they online? I said, Two of them are. One's not. The one that's not is my favorite. It's my go-to book for all things team-related. It's actually a three-ring binder. It's probably 400 pages of exercises you can do with a team. It's called The Field Book of Team Interventions. The lead author is Harry Eggleton. It's like a treasure trove. I would not survive without it. He asked, I can find it on Amazon? You can, I said. Then I said, the next one is online. I use the site a lot. It's called Liberating Structures. Liberatingstructures.com. The activities there are so well designed, sophisticated, but explained clearly. And there's an app now, too. It's all free. It's a gift. Got it, he said, bookmarking the site. I said, number three is completely different. It's an archive of games, one-minute games, ten-minute games, things to wake people up. It's online at tiagi.com. Tiagi is the guy's name. It's T-H-I-A-G-I.com. He is the master of games. I've heard him talk. He's hilarious. And his games are great. You follow the directions, and they work. He asked, could I do one of these games at a staff meeting? Absolutely, Jimmy, any time. Tiagi calls them jolts. You can give people a jolt any time. Well, it's an interesting idea, he said. So suppose the agenda is created, thanks to all these resources. Now are we at the during phase? I think we are, I said. Well, Jimmy, you've done a ton of these. How would you advise her about the during phase? He shot back, don't get ruffled, but have opinions. That's great, I said. Having an opinion's easy for me, but not getting ruffled, that is harder. <laughs> there are times I want to shake him by the throat and say, what are you talking about? That is insane. But I sit there nodding my head like I'm listening to a love song. Don't get ruffled. It's important. I said, it is important if people are going to talk honestly. He went on, it's one of the nice things about having a facilitator. When you're there... You can be the neutral guy, and I get to be just one more person trying to be honest. I've seen you do that, Jimmy, and you know what I think you also do well? You wait. You are really patient. You take your turn last a lot of the time. He smiled at me. <laughs> it's been hard to learn. But if I go first as the boss, I never hear what people are really thinking. I asked, what else would you tell Shanique to do in the during phase? He said, Ask an open-ended question, then shut up. Don't explain your thinking. Don't ask it four different ways. Just ask one open-ended question, then shut the hell up. I laughed. <laughs> That's well said. What else? Well, this one she can't do without you, he said. Why? What is it? Have an outsider's view of the team. Try and see your team from as far away as you can. 
Having an outsider's perspective about the team that I see day in and day out is very helpful. But Shanique is not going to get that this time. Then, suddenly changing gears, he said, Okay, enough about during. What about after? Well, you've done great in the after phases, Jimmy. You know, there are some leaders who are surprised that offsites generate work. They want to walk away from the offsite like it's all boxed up in a little package. But, you know, if the offsite was productive, there's supposed to be conversations to have, actions to take, changes to implement. You've always made time for those, and you've made sure they have legs. With Shanique, make sure she does what you do. He shook his head. Well, I used to get so frustrated after my boss's offsites. We'd go off and we'd do all that work, and then it never got mentioned again, except maybe at another offsite a year later, as if once a year makes a difference. I asked, So what will you tell Shanique she should do after her offsite? He said, Be sure the action items are clear, know who owns them, make sure there are deadlines for them. Excellent advice, I said. You know something else I've noticed in your team in the after phase? They adopt the language from the offsite. When words take on meaning, the next time I come back, People are using those words. I assume you have a lot to do with that. Well, actually not, he said. I think the team likes doing that. Well, you must be encouraging them, Jimmy, or adopting it yourself. Oh, that's true. I do make sure to adopt the language. He gave a little laugh. Recently, this woman transferred into the team, and she asked us if we knew that we spoke a lot in code. (laughs) I took it as a compliment. It made me realize how far we've come. Jimmy knew the value of offsites. He wanted Shanique to learn that a well-planned offsite helps a team move toward the look and sound of leadership. Okay, I have three more resources to give you and a few more thoughts about offsites, but there is something I'm really excited about, and I want to tell you about that first. I was recently on Dave Stahoviak's essential podcast, Coaching for Leaders. It comes out every Monday. On the first Monday of every month, he and his wife, Bonnie, take questions from the listening community. I love listening to Dave, and Bonnie is great in her own way. She has such an interesting perspective, and she's really articulate, and so she and Dave do this Q&A show once a month. Well, Bonnie was going to have to miss a show because of her own faculty obligations, and Dave asked if I would step in, and I was honored and said, you bet. So I got to do Q&A on Coaching for Leaders, and I loved it. It's Boy, it's a good episode, too, if you missed it. It's Dave's episode number 368. What I found doing that episode was that doing Q&A was a new way for me to think and a new way for me to communicate, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much that I reached out to my friend and colleague, Mindy Dana, and I said to Mindy, hey, what would you think about doing a Q&A show with me? And Mindy said, yes. Now, I really want you to get excited about the opportunity you're going to have to get to know Mindy Dana. I think you are going to adore listening to Mindy. I do. I learn from Mindy all the time about coaching, about awareness, about parenting, about relationships, about people, about systems, about complexity. Oh, she's just great. You're going to love her. So we're ready to go. We just need one thing. Your questions. 
<laughs> so you have two coaches here who have decades of experience waiting to talk about whatever is on your mind. Fire away. Go to the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's.com. Hit the contact button and ask us a question. We can't wait. We are so excited. Another piece of excitement this month, the celebration of people who post reviews in iTunes. All of you, past and present, thank you so much. This month from India, Ashish with a smiley face. From Brazil, Mr. Maurizio Light. Here in the United States, Mom on the Lake, Sarah P., El Cherez 21, Kim Ronish, Alan 247, and Stephanie Sorrentino. Thank you, all of you. Thank you for taking the time and making the effort. I really appreciate it. And thank you also for what you write. I read your comments and I'm touched. And thank you. Okay, offsites. You know, I hope you get to run a lot of offsites over the course of your career. They're events. It's like throwing a party for your sister's 40th birthday party. You know, you're going to make it all happen. You're that engine. But ultimately, you are there in service of something other than yourself. It's not about you. An offsite is in service of that elusive thing called a team. That's who the party is for, the team. And you and the entire team are going to this party to get stuff done. You're going to work together, which can be fun. It can be a celebration. Use the games, find the exercises, get people out of their day-to-day -day routine. An offsite allows you to do that. Now, <laughs> I want you to know it doesn't matter what your offsite looks like. I promise you, every offsite is not equal. I have been to offsites at exquisite resorts on cliffs overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and I'm only there for one night, but the team is going to be there for three nights, and wow, nice offsite. And look, I've been to offsites that's just in the conference room that faces the lobby that everyone was in yesterday, and everybody's a little bit on display. But that's the team's offsite. I mean, <laughs> you know, but it's still an offsite. And by the way, if that last situation is yours, that you're actually going to be in your own conference room, I want to say set up some ground rules with the people who are working around you. Let those people know that you are, quote-unquote, off-site. You are really not there. You're not available that day. People shouldn't be running in with news of the day. If you are the one who's getting to plan the off-site, first off, congratulations. You're going to start by setting goals, Right. When you're setting goals, I'd like you to think that there are two kinds of goals, and each of us tends to be attracted to one kind or the other. We favor it, and I think we should all have our eyes on both. The one kind of goal is measurable. Learning that new process, reaching an agreement, gaining clarity on a mission, measurable stuff. Some leaders gravitate towards those measurable kinds of goals. Some leaders don't. Some leaders move towards goals that are less measurable. Things like building trust, learning to give feedback, mindfulness, creativity, recreation. Some people gravitate to those less measurable goals. Some don't. I'm suggesting that you will be a more balanced leader if you can learn to find value in both types of goals. You won't be as fluent in one as the other, at least not at first, but don't let that keep you away. It just takes practice, like every other part of leadership. Don't go for perfect. 
Give it a shot. I don't know if you remember, but earlier I said I had three more resources for you. Well, I do. So here's number one. And this is one that I think many of you will be familiar with. It is Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. In the back of that book are exercises you can do with your team. In fact, there is an exercise there called Personal Histories. And I use that exercise with teams all the time, all the time. And I learned it from that book. And by the way, I think that exercise is so transformative. I devoted an entire episode of The Look and Sound of Leadership to it. The episode is called Personal Histories as Your Brand. So it's a great exercise if you want to do something with your team. And my point is, in the five dysfunctions of a team, you can find exercises. And I bet that book is already on a lot of listeners' bookshelves. Here's resource number two. There's a companion book called Overcoming the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And that book is specifically for leaders, managers, and facilitators. It's nothing but exercises. It's great. Very helpful. The third resource is another episode of mine. It's from April 2016. It's called Power Tools for Teams Plus Delta. If you want to learn to lead activities with your team, give this episode a listen. I know a leader who runs Plus Delta at the end of every weekly staff meeting she has. And she has learned a lot from doing it every week. And come next year's offsite, she will be a lot more skilled than she was at last year's offsite. So go, flex your muscles. There's lots you can do. And lead an offsite, learn the skill. Or call me and we can partner on it. If this part of leadership sparks your interest, this episode has three tags in the archive. Leadership, management skills, personal growth, and self-development. Those are three ways you can filter the tips in the archive. The archive is on our website, the Essential Communications website. It's essentialcom.com. Just click the Coaching Tips tab. All the tips and tools are there for you. If you want to dive into specific episodes, in addition to the two that I've mentioned, five others that you might listen to are Facilitating Open Dialogue, Leading Teams, Questions as Leadership, and Your Team's Best Interest Part 1 and Part 2. That's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.